Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Falcon Cast Thursday edition. Always the best edition of the week because AJ Hoffman is here. But you know, don't don't tell the other guys that because they have fun on Mondays. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Start uh, the party I've, off right. I've got one comedian, and she makes fun of me more than you do. So uh, it's it's pretty amusing to say the least. But uh, yeah, we got a, we got a fun show today. It's football season, man, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into all of it. Just want to let you know if you want to support the show. Uh, there's the Venmo on the screen there. You can also go to the Falconcast at yahoo.com. Send me an email. Uh, thanks to B. Hannon, Chase, Donna for supporting the show. Uh, lots of cool people. And, uh, you know, thanks to all of our great sponsors. That's, that's why we're still here and I'm not dead yet. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's go. Keep it going, Freddie. So let, let's, uh, let's look back a little bit first. Before we get to the football, what happened to Adesanya? That was, I didn't get to see the fight. Uh, and it just, you know, I, I saw the highlights, but it didn't really tell the story. So I was hoping you could give me some insight. Yeah, I, I wish I had more insight. He looked like he was in slow motion. Like, it, it looked like he took it like a sparring session and never really got aggressive, never really got cranked up. And he got dropped in the first round, which I didn't think was possible because Sean Strickland, like – there's a lot of volume with him, but he just doesn't hit hard. Like he yeah. doesn't have that real power. And he dropped out swarmed him immediately, which I thought was really brilliant of him and, and tried to finish the fight right then. And he almost did, but Adesanya ends up getting up with his, his back to the cage. So he's like looking, he's up against the cage, looking out at the crowd, getting punched in the face. And like, that's how the round finished. <laughs> and round two, he came out and he looked better. He, he did a better job controlling range and and probably won the second round. I didn't see all the official cards, but they were all, all all four or all three judges gave Strickland four rounds. I'm assuming round two was the only one you could have given to Adesanya because after that round, it looked like he just didn't have anything left to give. Like he was so frustrated that he just he he rolled out. And there was a quote, um, and it was uh the the coach for uh Sean Strickland I don't know why I can't why uh Nitsik I, I don't know why his name was escaping me but uh, Eric Nitsik said Adesanya came up to him after the fight and said you were calling out every read that I had like it was frustrating because it, Strickland's coach was so well prepared for what Adesanya did the movements he made that whatever Adesanya did like uh, he like he would yell it out to Strickland and Adesanya was hearing it and getting frustrated that they knew everything that he was going to do. And I mean, it was a very respectful conversation apparently, but uh, Adesanya said, yeah, you guys just had the better game plan than me. Like you guys were, were well prepared for this fight and, and I wasn't. So I don't know what's next for Adesanya. Like there's Dana White immediately was after the fights was saying, yeah, there'll probably be an immediate rematch, but this is two out of three losses. Two out of three fights have been losses for Adesanya now. And it, it's he he lost the title, got an immediate rematch, won the title back, and then in his first defense lost it again. It seems kind of silly to have an immediate rematch. It feels like you, you've got to like open up the division now. If the champ loses twice in three fights, you've got to open up the division to someone else. Yeah, it, 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 it was really interesting to me, but uh, like I said, I, I wanted your insight because there's nobody better. So let's, uh, let's get to football. Uh, before we do that, let me tell you about the Phoenix on Westheimer, where uh, I'll be there tomorrow afternoon hanging out. I was going to go today, but a uh, uh, little rain in the area and Uber was surge charging, so I uh, decided to stay home and do the show. As I say, uh, you're not complaining about rain, right? I hear everybody in Houston's begging for it. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I mean, we're not getting enough, so... Uh, I'm not complaining. I just decided to, to stay in and um, and feed cinnamon toast crunch to Kira because that's the the treat I have for her right now. But uh, the uh, the Phoenix is just an awesome place, and we, we're going to do another charity event there here coming up. Hopefully, when it's not 114 degrees on stage, but uh, uh, that that'll be coming sometime October, November. I'm going to get with Vu, and we're going to start planning that. They've got a great thing tomorrow uh, with a, they've got a pop up with Berea and uh, Ramen, and uh, it's from 6 to 9. So you can go by and get that tomorrow and, and not watch UH get killed by TCU. And 
Okay, they'll probably have that on. But anyway, uh, swing by. They've got a great staff. They've got great food of their own. They have daily specials that are fantastic. Best soccer bar in the city, period. And uh, I, I think the best staff anywhere. So uh, go by and check them out. Phoenix on Westheimer, easy to find. Uh, it's just right past Hazard if you're coming from downtown. And you will have a good time, guaranteed. If you don't, then something's wrong with you because it's that cool little place. All right, so uh, I saw we both got in Eric's league again, and you went uh, – I think you went four and one. What was the one you missed? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to go back and look. But chances are I, – I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised that I went four and one. It was a frustrating week for me. So um, – I don't know exactly what I lost. How did you do? How did you do in week one? I, I did two and three in the pool, but overall my betting was pretty good. I uh, I had Rice plus nine and a half. Uh, didn't like the end of the game, but I'll take the cover. Uh, I had Washington State outright and plus six and a half. And uh, the only and the, and then I bet four college games on Saturday. Those two were my wins. SMU was my loss, uh, which they weren't that far off. I wasn't that wrong. It was just you know. Uh, and then, of course, I rolled all my winnings into Hawaii minus 11 in the get-out game. And, of course, <laughs> Hawaii wins by 11. So I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, sometimes it'd be like that. The damn Hawaii will – it's the gift or the curse. You never know what you're going to get with Hawaii. Yeah, and it was neither. So <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Nothing like pushing that last game, though. That, 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 that sucks. I'd rather lose because, you know, you're trying to make more money at the end of the night. But anyway – uh, and I only made a couple NFL bets, and, and the one that I did best with was I had the Rams uh, against Seattle. But everything else I went kind of light, and then the contest stuff I just didn't do very well with. Yeah, I uh, I, I know I was I had uh, Texas last week. Oh, I know what it was. It was the Colts was my loser, uh, which should have been a winner, by the way. Like that was a disappointing result. But yeah. I had uh, I, I I had I was on the right side of a lot of things. Utah, I got lucky with, um, and, and then I was uh, on the uh, I was on the Longhorns over Alabama and Packers over Bears. So yeah, I am I'm seeing it now. Um, and I had the Titans against the Saints. So yeah, it was four and one. So, um, yeah, that was that's a frustrating loss because it felt like the Colts probably should have been the uh, the right side there. Yeah, the uh, bad beat of the weekend is probably if you were on Texas Tech. That was pretty brutal at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you had Texas Tech money line, you felt disappointed. But then if you had the spread and they somehow cover that game, it's like, damn. I don't know what to make of Oregon. I said last week, I was like, I don't want to bet this Texas Tech-Oregon game because the number just feels like a trap. And I think in hindsight it was. Now, if you bet Oregon minus six and a half, you got there. I mean, it literally took a miracle to get you there, but you got there. I, I do think Oregon's pretty good. Uh, I'm hopeful that Colorado just curb stomps Colorado State this week and we get a good number on Oregon at Oregon against Colorado because I think that'll be the time to fade Colorado. Yeah. Um, but Oregon's a frustrating team because they like I think they're better than what they showed against Texas Tech. Um, but Texas Tech, they're going to make a lot of games ugly, it looks like. Yeah, and that's always a tough place to play. The other, the one that I almost punched a ticket on and didn't, and I'm really glad, was uh, Baylor plus six and a half uh, against Utah because that's another one where, boy, with three minutes left, you're counting the money. Yeah, that, I, like I said, I escaped with that when I was on Utah, and I, I feel lucky that I was. Yeah, because uh, they were getting outplayed the whole game, but then you know the last two minutes, they, they turned it on and did what they needed to do. So... Uh, uh, of course, the big game, uh, you were on the Longhorns. A couple people, uh, Flip said he was iffy on right with you on Texas. Texas looked like the better team. They looked like the better prepared team, the better coach team. If you flipped the uniforms, you would think that was Alabama. Yeah, especially because they were so dominant up front, defensively up front. And um, it, it, this is this Texas team is built for the SEC now. Like I, I, I saw it with A&M when they moved to the SEC and the talent that they started getting changed. I mean, you could see it with Texas too. And Texas has always kind of gotten, you know, pretty solid players. And Sark is such a good recruiter. You add in that SEC brand that's coming and man, they are going to be a handful. And um, I think the, the thing that's going wrong with Alabama right now is they've, they've gotten away from 
they they had kind of gotten away from needing defense and running game that like that was old school Alabama when it was you know these random quarterbacks winning national championships was well they ran the ball so well and they played such great defense it didn't matter who was playing quarterback and you saw a shift to where it's been Jalen Hurts Tua Bryce Young like you've got all these first round draft picks playing quarterback now chucking the ball all over the place to these great receivers and I think maybe the priority for Alabama has gotten away from running and defense because Alabama couldn't run the ball against Texas. No. And the problem that like when that becomes a problem is when you don't have a first round pick playing quarterback and Jalen Milrow is maybe he's going to be good. Jalen Milrow ain't he's not Bryce Young. He's not Jalen Hurts. No. He's not Tua. Like he's a he's a he's an OK player but he's not a game-changing quarterback. So if you don't have that game-changing quarterback and you've built your team, you've built your roster around having one, you you don't do all the things great that you did when you didn't have one. Because Saban was so brilliant. He was like, I'm going to get a quarterback who's not going to screw things up for me, and we are going to run the ball down everybody's throat, and we're going to give people nothing on defense. When that changed, the philosophy changed because he had to keep up. Like it was uh, he, that that style doesn't always work in 2023. Saban was smart enough to realize that. He just, I think, he's missed on this quarterback. I don't be surprised if Alabama starts to play around with some of the other quarterbacks on the roster to see if if somebody's got a little more juice than Jalen Milrow does. Yeah, I think Texas may have a, a better quarterback, maybe two better quarterbacks sitting on their bench than Alabama has right now. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it. Arch Manning is the third quarterback on the depth chart for Texas. Like he would be starting today at Alabama. That's that's a pretty wild statement. Like, but that's that's where we are right now. That's where Texas is. Again, a credit to Sarkeesian for for really cranking up the recruiting process there. And they they've got the players now. Um, it's a it's a dangerous team, no doubt. And Quinn Ewers, who against Rice, it was like, man, can this dude? Can he hit a deep ball? I don't know. And then he hits like three or four of them against Alabama. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the Quinn Ewers that w- was the number one high school quarterback in the country, that he was the number one recruit in the country uh, when he came out. And, you know, it, it's it's rare when your school gets the number one recruit in the country, but to have two of them, uh, you know, on the same roster and and one of them sitting at third string on the depth chart, it, I, I mean, again, it's it's a it's a credit to Sark and what he's doing. I think the other problem with Alabama is the erosion at wide receiver over the last few years. They they have put a lot of guys into the draft. Yeah. And year after year, they were replenishing them. At some point, that runs out. Ohio State's going to run into that at some point, too. You know, you're going to get five stars who just aren't as good as the guys you had. And I think that's where Alabama is right now. Well, I think the biggest issue that's happened to Alabama is five, six years ago, there, there wasn't re- like maybe Clemson was the second choice, but it was a distant second choice for where the best kids in the country were going. Clemson, then maybe Ohio State. The the emergence of Georgia as a real national power is changing things because Kirby Smart, when you when you go to play with Georgia, you're getting, I mean, who might be the best coach in the country today. Like no, I mean I'm not talking about full resume because that's unquestionably Nick Saban, but it's hard to argue that that Kirby Smart isn't the best coach today in college football, and you don't have the authoritarian, disciplinarian sort of uh, halo around it that comes with Nick Saban. It's like if you can be coached by this great coach without all the the crushing stuff of him wanting to control everything and dominate everything. You can put, you can play in an environment with another great coach who gives you a little more freedom. People are going to choose that other option. And that's why Georgia is becoming a real thorn in Alabama's side, because all these players that Georgia is getting Alabama used to have first choice on them. Georgia used to fight with Clemson and everybody else over Alabama's leftovers. That's not the case anymore. Georgia is the king of the castle, and Alabama is now like they're they're fighting for like if if Alabama's first choice is this guy and Georgia's first choice is the same guy, like now there's a question uh, of where what this guy's preference is. And before 
it, it, there was never a question. It was like, if you could go to Alabama, you go to Alabama. Well, and now it's not, I mean, Georgia's obviously on that level, but you've also got, you know, these ankle biters out there like A&M pulling a bunch of recruits and Texas is pulling a bunch of recruits and Ohio state is recruiting better than ever. So it's not, it's not just Alabama and then everybody else. Now it's Georgia, then Alabama and everybody else. Yep. And I, I think that's uh that's something that's going to, you know, that's certainly going to impact them moving forward. I mean, they're, they're one loss away from not making the playoffs now at this point. And I, I think they've got a pretty tough schedule moving forward. And I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this, and it's, it's going to sound silly, but Alabama was kind of slow to come around on the NIL stuff. And like, I, they thought they didn't need it. And um, you, you've seen now they've obviously they've come around to it too, but, it, and Saban was, kind of telling his boosters hey we, everybody else is spending this money we need you guys to spend this money uh but it, there's no doubt that if you if you were early to the nil party you had an advantage i, yeah. I think you, and you've usc and texas are two good examples of it the teams that are programs that started throwing around money as soon as it was allowed and it's paying off now because those two programs that were kind of let's face it they were kind of in the shitter relative to where they've been historically are now suddenly reemerged and are, are real factors. Yeah. And a, a lot of people were thanking you for that A&M over, by the way, that one, uh, that one did well. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely changed things a little bit. And I think it's more interesting. I mean, uh, I have no hatred of Alabama. I actually appreciate greatness as, as you know, uh, and I appreciate Georgia, but I'd, I'd like there to be, you know, some other guys in there trying to, you know, trying to get into the porno. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to see some new penises, if you will, but we'll see how it goes. Um, the uh, look, you should say if we, if we were on the radio, I'd say I'd tell tell someone to save that drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so uh, a couple people, uh, Largoo said they're probably slow on nil stuff because their prospects preferred cash free into the t- table bribe. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Hey, A&M did that too, but guess what? They made the switch when it was legal. Yeah. So it, it can happen to anybody. Uh, all right, let's uh, – let's, uh, unless there's anything else from last week you want to get to, let's look ahead. Is there uh, – what what games uh, catch your eye this week in college football? Uh, I, I think Florida-Tennessee is one of the more interesting games, and I, I went back through the history with those two teams, and I don't know what number we're going to end up getting here. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever go back to seven, but – if it does, I'm going to certainly have a, a ticket on Florida. This is one of the more lopsided historical matchups. I didn't realize it was this bad, but this is a uh, Tennessee has lost 24 out of the last 30 matchups in this game. Like that seems absurd. And in in 30 years that Tennessee's only won six times, and of those six times, only twice have they won by a touchdown. So it's, I mean, when when Florida wins, they handle business, they handle business more often than not. And this is the first time in the history of time that Tennessee has been a touchdown favorite at Florida. It's Hmm. never happened historically. So... I, again, the, the line's fluctuating around. Um, it, 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 you, I, if you can get seven, I think seven's a good number. But I've said before, I don't trust this Tennessee offense. Milton is not Hendon Hooker. And to think that it was going to run the same way just didn't make sense to me. And I think we're seeing so far them struggling with Austin P. Like to put to any kind of distance between them and Austin P, an FCS school, is ridiculous like and it and it just tells you this, this isn't this offense isn't the same it, it, think to back when Hinden Hooker was playing for Tennessee them against an FCS defense it would have they would have been up by a million at halftime yeah uh, it, there's a reason why Milton washed out of Michigan there's a reason why he's he's just kind of been pushed around a little bit because and there's a reason why Hinden Hooker started over him because he's just not that guy he doesn't fit what Josh Heupel likes to do so um, I, I'm interested to see if Florida can hang around with them here. Um, outside of that, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think a, a big game of interest is this Colorado-Colorado State game, and that's what everybody's talking about. I, I liked Colorado State directionally coming into this season. 
they had a pretty disappointing opener against Washington State. I, I was on Colorado State in the opener. They got smashed. But now Washington State went to Wisconsin and won there. And now I'm thinking, oh, maybe Washington State's a little bit better. I went back and looked at the summer line on this game, and it was Colorado minus nine and a half. I, I get that. I get that Colorado's been upgraded, but now we're looking at Colorado minus 23 and a half. Yeah. Uh, that's just such a crazy adjustment after two games of football. And I still can't wrap my head around what I'm going to do with that. I, I, I And I do think you have to consider that Colorado, and I know there was a video out today of Dion saying that, um, you know, he, they, Jay Norvell was talking shit and now they've made it personal. And we were just going to go out and, and do our thing and play football. Now it's personal. I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I played over 59 in this game. I, I think it's up to 60 and a half now. But I I, I don't think Dion's going to stop trying to score. Uh, so I, I expect there to be a lot of points in this one. Uh, but I do, you know, you, you got also got to consider Colorado's got their first their first really tough game coming up. And I know people probably thought TCU was a really tough game. I don't think TCU is all that good. Oregon is good. And going to Oregon is going to be a big, it's going to certainly be the biggest challenge yet for this team. So there may be some look ahead, but um, yeah, I, I think this is a, it's an interesting game to see what, what kind of, what Colorado does against inferior competition. Um, because so far we've been, they've been matched up against teams that, either were perceived to be close to what they are or that they were considered to be lesser than. This is a team that everybody thought they were better than before we knew Colorado was good. I want to see how much better they are. Yeah, and I, I think that's uh, – I'm, I'm looking forward to that game next week. I think we have some better matchups next week. I'm mildly, yeah. I'm mildly curious about Penn State at Illinois. Um, Illinois hasn't hasn't looked good, but Bielema will, will, will slow things down a little bit. And I, I want to see if this kid at Penn State – the quarterback is as good as I think he is because he's looked really good the first couple of weeks. What I like about, and it, you either hate or like this about coaches, I tend to like it because I, I at least know where they stand. James Franklin understands the point spread and he likes to cover it. And if, if you think back to week one against West Virginia, they put in a touchdown with six seconds left that meant absolute, I mean, they were dominating the game. But that that touchdown with six seconds left got them the cover. I like that in a coach. Yeah. Um, so particularly when you're laying 14 and a half, like James Franklin just doesn't take the foot off the gas. Uh, think about this with Illinois. They It took a field goal with five seconds left in the game to beat Toledo in week one at home. And then they lost by double digits to Kansas despite the fact that they scored the last 14 points of the game. So they scored 14 straight to end the game, still lost by double digits. Illinois might just suck. So yeah. I, I could see I could see Penn State really putting the hammer on these kids. Drew Aller's the real deal. This is a Penn State, this this version of Penn State to me with Aller instead of Sean Clifford. And Sean Clifford, I get why they were loyal to him. Uh, but he was kind of a game manager type. Aller's a, a, a game changer type of guy. This version of Penn State, to me, is the most dangerous version of Penn State to Ohio State and Michigan that there's been in a long time. Like, it's not – especially with those two, Michigan and Ohio State have looked very meh to start the season. Like, I'm, I haven't been – and I, Michigan at least has an excuse. that You know, their coach hasn't been there. Uh, Ohio State – I don't know. I don't know that they've got a quarterback for a school that's right. always had quarterbacks. It seems like they don't really have a good one, and that's a problem. Kyle McCord's not very good. So if that's the case, if Ohio State and Michigan are really lesser versions than what we expected, Penn State's really live in the Big Ten. All right, uh, I need to tell you real quickly about pick me events, and if you've got an event going on, you got a wedding going on, a, a golf tournament. You're doing a corporate event. Pick Me Event is the place to go. They do photography, videography, DJs, photo booths. Michael's been doing it for years. And AJ, remember, remember him from our, our old station parties. Yeah. Uh, did a great job there. Did a great job at our our, uh, our event 
couple of weeks ago, and they're going to make your event memorable. So go to pickmeevents.com, get signed up today, see all their great services, and they will take care of you. All right, anything else uh, interest, interest you in college football this week? Yeah, I think LSU. Um, LSU is a team that I'm, I'm behind this week, and I don't know how you can feel good about Mississippi State right now. Uh, first of all, they're wearing these atrocious stripy uniforms. I, I think that's a bad call against LSU. Yeah. Uh, I, I get you want to be different. This, this I mean, it looks terrible. But th- think about last week against Arizona, who we don't think Arizona is very good. It, it took overtime for Mississippi State to beat Arizona, and they had a plus four turnover margin in that game. If you're plus four in turnovers against an inferior team, why are you going to overtime? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They struggled. Mississippi State did uh, against Jaden Delora running the ball, so running quarterbacks, and it, and it happened last year too. Uh, Jaden Daniels had 98 yards and a touchdown running last year against against Mississippi State. And and Mississippi State, I get that they want to be more balanced than they were under Leach, which means they're going to run the ball more. They're not more balanced. They're now they're just unbalanced in the opposite way. They're just trying to run the ball constantly, and that's not going to work against LSU. The the way to beat LSU, now part of it is personnel. If you've got big receivers, I I think you're going to be a matchup problem for LSU. We saw that with Florida State. But the biggest receiver on Mississippi State is six foot tall. I don't see that as a a similar problem. Uh, I I think there's some real matchup advantages for LSU on offense. I think Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors are matchup nightmares. And just Jaden Daniels, the threat of his legs. I, I think this is a really bad matchup for a Mississippi State team that has two data points that are really disappointing. So I, I think LSU could come out and, and make a real statement here um, it, because I think Florida State is elite, like top five in the country elite, and LSU was neck and neck with them for a half. And the fact that they they end up losing that game convincingly, it's still not enough for me to say this LSU team isn't isn't pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on LSU, and I, I think Mississippi State is they they can't try to be something different than what Leach had them doing because that's how they were going to win in the SEC. They yep. can't they can't match up with these other teams. It's like Tech couldn't do it uh, when they were in the Big Twelve, and and you know that's why Leach was so effective there. And, you know, I, I, I hate the idea of, hey, let's try to be more balanced. It's like, no, get out there and wing the fucking ball all over the place because that's how you're going to be competitive with these guys. Yeah. But I'll tell you one more team that I'm, I'm looking at, and this is kind of a, a meeting of the, the two worlds here, like a team that I'm super high on and a team that I'm way lower than everyone else on is the Oregon State-San Diego State game. And Oregon State was kind of a team that I – I, I liked a lot last year, and then getting DJ Uyunglele in, I said, okay, if this guy can hit, they're going to be really on to something. Because Oregon State, it, it, in the Pac-12, where everybody chucks the ball around, Oregon State runs the ball like like it's nobody's business. And they, in a way, it's kind of smart because no one has a defense that can stop them in the, in the Pac-12. So DJ Uyunglele has been fantastic for Oregon State. So now they're a, a, a dual-threat offense. They can run it. They can throw it. And this San Diego State team is bad. They were in a, a, a dogfight with an FCS team in week one. Then week two, they got blown out by UCLA. Historically, we think of San Diego State, and we think, oh, this is a, they're a really good defensive team. Uh, they're going to hold you down, and they're just going to grind the ball on offense. That's not what they are. Their reputation is not being met. And this is a this this is one of those games where I think Oregon State should be able to name their number. And playing at home, uh, I, I could see them winning this game by four touchdowns. I like this Oregon State team. I really They're do. so good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it last week. I, I don't think it's impossible that they're in the mix to win this conference at the end of the season. I don't either. So, all right, um, I'm, I'm going to need a favor. I want you to start on the NFL game for tonight. I'm going to unplug my headphones so I can hear you. But uh, this is the one thing about doing a podcast is there's no breaks for me to go to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be back in about 30 seconds. So. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll say that the, the thing the with, thing the, with Eagles the Eagles that, that is, is 
causing me some concern is we're talking about maybe five guys on their starting defense who may not be available. Uh, and that's a that's a real problem. Nicobe Dean Nicobe Dean's on the IR. Bradbury is is out. Uh, they're they're going to be missing um, a safety. They're going to be missing potentially Fletcher Cox. Like there's and there's a lot of banged up guys on this defense. And if that's the case, I think Minnesota is, is live here. Minnesota got lucky last year, and the they were 11-0 and one score games. The first one score game this year. They're 0 and 1, and it's a game that they probably should have won against Tampa. They dominated statistically. I don't think Minnesota was ever as good as they looked last year. I don't think they're as bad as they looked right now. So uh, I'm going to say that, that if you get seven or more, and I think Christian Garrison from Minnesota playing would be a big deal. Like I need to know if their left tackle's playing or not. Uh, but, uh, if but if he is, is I, I think this is a, 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 live, a live dog here. I know that we're echoing. It's because Fred unplugged his headphones. So I'll just shut up and wait for Fred to come back. Sorry about that, guys. And Fred, as you guys know, small bladder. It's the only thing that's small, sir. Uh. There we go. Yeah, Freddie, when you when you unplug, I just I thought it would be better if I could actually hear you so that I could comment when I came back. So. Well, the the echo was pretty rough, but that's all right. We uh we got through it. Uh, I mean. Well, I, I, my, mostly what I was talking about was the Eagles. There's so many questions on defense, and let's face it, the Eagles didn't look really good last week. I, I thought that the, and this is going to sound uh, bitter, but I, I thought that the Patriots should have covered that game. I was on the Patriots; it was a loser, but man, it felt like I should have covered that game. Uh, the Eagles offensively didn't look great, and I, I think now with all these injuries piling up on defense you know, maybe Minnesota can take advantage of it. Yeah, you were what a half an inch with that foot on fourth and 11 from yeah. maybe the Patriots winning the game. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I think the uh, – uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, especially, you know, these first Thursday night games, n- nobody scores anyway. You know, it's always, it's always pretty slow. So, uh, I think if it, if it stays close, I, I think you're right. I think there's, a, there's an opportunity there. Now there is the scary, the scary thought of Kirk Cousins playing in a primetime game, and we we all know historically if he's not playing at, you know, one Eastern on Sunday, he's been terrible. So uh, yeah, I, I think that is a, it's a concern for sure. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I can't I can't get I, I can't get to the Eagles in this game. All right, uh, looking ahead to Sunday, what's uh, uh, what, are, what are the ones that jump out to you? Um, I really like the Bills, and I know it's kind of a tough pill to swallow right now because they couldn't have looked worse against the Jets. But I, I really think – when you think about that Jets team, they built that team, they built that defense to stop Josh Allen. And – it it works, and I said that going into the game. Like Josh Allen doesn't play well against the Bills, and he played probably the worst game I've ever seen him play. Uh, the question is, do you think that Josh Allen is like fundamentally broken? I, I don't. I, I I think that he played a bad game against a defense that was built to beat him, and they still almost won the game. Uh, I, I think the Raiders defensively are just not very good. Last year, they were 31st against the pass in DVOA. And the stats that I found from the Bills, like they're alarming. The Bills are bullies. Last year, when they played non-playoff teams, they were 10-1. and The one loss was the Jets' loss. Again, now we're talking about a team that's built to beat them. But they were 10-1 and against non-playoff teams 
their average margin of victory was 15 points per game. Against playoff teams, they were three and two, the average margin, one point per game. They just beat the shit out of the bad, the bottom half of the league. And I think the Raiders, I'm, I'm higher than probably most people on the Raiders. The Raiders won me a bet last week, but I still think the Raiders aren't a playoff team. And when the Bills have the chance to to run things up, they do because McDermott believes these these reps playing every rep like it's a, a real rep has value. And I think that the Bills could end up uh, really kind of boat racing the Raiders this week. I'm with you 100 percent on that one. And I actually I, I had the Bills last week and, and Josh Allen just had a terrible second half. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, and boy, I was feeling pretty happy when Aaron Rodgers died. It was kind of funny that all this hype for all these months, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Yep. Nope. Aaron Rodgers to the morgue. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think the Jets are a Super Bowl contender without him, but they sure have a great defense. Yeah, I mean, the defense is incredible. And like I said, it, 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 it gives them advantages against Buffalo because really Buffalo, the weakness of that team is the offensive line. And when you're constantly in the backfield, you can take advantage of that. So, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, the Jets are really, really well equipped to slow down what Buffalo does. I, I, Josh, what pissed me off the most is it, Josh Allen can't turn his brain into be a dink and dunk guy. Be a game manager. Gary, like the, the interceptions need to throw the ball down the field in those situations. All he had to do was just hit tight ends, run the ball, and it, it, his brain doesn't let him do that. And that's a that's a bad that's a bad thing. If you if you don't know how to play with a lead, you can't you can't realize that you're in you've got a lead on a team that has no hope offensively because they, you've taken away their quarterback four plays into the game. And you can't manage the game from that point. That's a problem. That's my biggest issue with Josh. Is, it, it, I mean, I don't mind in the in like in a, if you're playing the Chiefs, you're going to have to take chances. And if you turn the ball over, you turn the ball over. Yeah, it, you you take the good with the bad because it's almost uh, Josh Allen. There's a lot of Brett Favre in him. There's a lot of hey, I'm going to take these chances because I can make throws that other people make or other people can't make. Sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. I, I don't mind that, but in these games where you don't need to do that, don't do it. Just like they literally could have taken knees on some plays that would have been it would have been a better decision than chucking the ball down the field. So that's a that's a bad sign, sir. Yeah. The good news yeah, is the, for the Bills. The first long interception. Uh, well, the first long interception was a punt. Like that, and it was actually a pretty good yeah. punt because they downed it within the five, but. It, it, the the rest of them were unacceptable, and really the butt fumble. Uh, no one's calling it the butt fumble because I, I guess they've already uh, copyrighted that thing with Mark Sanchez. But that's it, it, just just fall on the ball, dude. If you don't try and make a play, you don't try to pick it up and make something happen. You don't fumble it a second time and give the Jets an easy easy score. So just uh just bad football IQ, I thought by by Josh there. But the good news is the Bengals lost, the Chiefs lost. There's really not much ground that they've been they've given up in the in the hunt for the AFC race. So, so uh, as long as, like I said, they're not fundamentally broken, I, I think everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I don't think they are. And, and week one, we see a lot of this crap, right? You know, some 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 teams just come out and play like garbage, and I think that's what happened in the second half. And um, you know, uh, I, you're right though. There's a lot of plays that were out there that he could have done instead, but you know, he just it just didn't play well. And, and I think the Jets got in his head a little bit. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm with you on that one. I like that one a little bit. I, I tell you what, I like Seattle to bounce back against Detroit this week. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough play to make. It's a big balls bet because Seattle's got a lot of injuries right now uh, on the offensive line. But I'm with you. I, I, I think Seattle, there's an overreaction to what happened to them last week. The truth is the Rams always beat the Seahawks. This is the thing. There's a few of these matchups that happen this week where historically they're they're matchup driven, and I like we've seen McVay own Pete Carroll. He solved Pete Carroll. The same thing with the Bears and Packers. The Packers beat the Bears every time. 
So the Packers beating the Bears in week one doesn't tell me suddenly the Packers are unstoppable or the Bears are total shit. Uh, same, We just talked about the Bills and Jets. I feel the same way. I think Cowboys-Giants is similar. I, the Cowboys blew out the Giants. Guess what? The Cowboys always beat the Giants. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's one of those things where do you, when you have those matchups week one, do you panic and say, well, th- that team's awful? No, I mean, it's they they ran into their kryptonite in the first of eight of 17 games that they're going to play. Is it ideal? Certainly not. But I don't think they're as bad as they looked. And I think the Lions, everybody was the Lions are coming off the biggest win that they've ever had in their franchise history, probably yeah. at least in the last 10 years. And now they're laying a big number at home. I, I think it's important to remember that the Lions offense playing against Kansas City's defense with no Chris Jones, which we don't think Kansas City's defense is great shakes anyway. They were without their best player. The Lions offense put up 14 points in that game. Right. They got a, they got a pick six. Otherwise, they would have put up 14 points. This game was three on the look ahead. Now it's five and a half, six. I, I think you're right, Fred. I think there's value on the Hawks. Yeah, poor Kadarius Tony was the MVP for the oh, game. Was, he this, sucks. That was so bad. And I don't think he's any good anyway. But, you know, they, they kept treating him like he was the number one receiver, and he was for the Lions defense. Yeah, that was, that was, that was bad. <laughs> All right, a couple things, guys. Uh, I will get to the Mexican alien. Don't worry. What? But it's football time. They found they found a, an alien in Mexico, uh, so and and I, I've been meaning to give you grief over this all those years where I kept talking about alien conspiracies and you made fun of me. Turns out we're right. Even the government said it. The Mexican they, government said it. No, the American government said it. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Remember they they had a guy testify before Congress. Well, I don't yeah. particularly trust the American government, but I mean, if you do, okay. No, I don't. I don't trust the Mexican government. <laughs> if the government said it, it's got to be true. But I trust the aliens. Okay. And, but uh, I got to tell you about Dr. Linville. And uh, so a couple things, guys. I will get to that. And if you have uh, fantasy questions, save them for the end, and I'll, I'll run off a few at the end of the show. Uh, we obviously have a lot of, of football and gambling to talk about. So, uh, uh, But anyway, I got to tell, tell you about Dr. Linville, who uh, – was supposed to join us today, but he's busy. He's, he's, he's fixing people and that's what he does. He'll fix your hair and uh, you can walk around and have real hair again. He does an amazing job. It's, it's right now he's got a special going on and it doesn't sound like much, but when you add it up, I, keep in mind, I had like 2,451 graphs. They only charge $4 a graph, right? Right now it's three fifty, And all you have to do is go to hairspecialisthouston.com slash get falcon hair. No anesthesia, just numbing medicine, minimal pain. Uh, over 95% of the graphs take because they're handled and prepared safely. And he comes up with an individualized plan for each and every patient. And uh, I was having uh, dinner with, with some friends last night, and, and one of them uh, is a young lady who's going to go get some work done with Dr. Linville. So he'll take care of that, too. You want those uh, uh, pretty much any part of your body he can work on. Uh, book a consultation. Let him you know heard it, you heard about it on the Falcon Cast. Your consult fee will be waived. That's a hundred and fifty dollar value, and uh, or you can just go to getfalconhair.com. Uh, although I don't, you know, and, and and honestly, ladies, if you need touch up on the hair, you can do that too. So, uh, Flip says I need to date my Mexican house cleaner. My house cleaner is not Mexican. Uh, she's very old and very white. But you do have a, a full-time employee living at the house with you. She's your, your in-house no, no, no. maid. No, no. She comes once every two weeks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing like that. So, I thought it, this was like Jeffrey on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something. Like you've got a, a live-in servant. Yes, uh, Master Fred. <laughs> no, nothing like that, man. Uh, I don't even think that's legal anymore. Can, can like Miss, Mr. Belvedere wouldn't be legal now? Yeah, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, that there's something wrong with that. I don't know what. But. Yeah, probably. So, uh, the what show... Was it, like, remember the toy uh, with Richard Pryor? Oh, you couldn't make that movie now. It's like, wow, what, what a... This kid, like, wants this guy, like, he wants to own this man? It's just, it's crazy how the, how that will used to just be like, oh, that's a funny, acceptable movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just go buy a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad's rich. I've got a rich white dad. Of course I can own a black guy. What a crazy oh, concept for a movie. Yeah. Uh, 
it was a funny movie though at the time yeah but now no no not gonna happen so the the show i was telling you about last week is called signs of a psychopath okay that's on hbo and i think you'll like it because it's uh they're all like 30 minutes but it's all interviews with the guys that actually did it and they're you know they all sound exactly the same it's like well i saw her walking down the street and then i picked her up in my car and we chatted for a while and then I tried to abuse her sexually and she wouldn't do it because she was 14 and I was 62. So I hit her in the back of the head with a hammer. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, it was, it's just weird shit, man. And it's, it's right up your alley. So uh, it's on HBO. Uh, the other one I watched, I watched that uh, one piece, which uh, is okay. I mean, pirate show, but you know, annoying pirates. Uh, but I, I didn't suck. I'd probably watch season two. Uh, but that, that's all I've been on on the TV front because it's football season. And the only time I watch stuff now is like 2 in the morning when I can't sleep, which is a lot. And by the way, I did watch the first episode of that uh, sound, the psychopath show, uh, oh, okay. Signs of a Psychopath. I, it was about the uh, the kid from Corpus who yeah. who, who killed his mom. and, and uh, like. But then I, I looked into that story. It didn't even tell the whole story because on the on – the, the documentary it didn't mention that he raped his mom's corpse after he killed her now so, how do you how do you leave that detail out i, I mean it that's, i mean maybe it, yeah like this is already i mean i'm a, i think it was tvma already right why do you leave out that detail that's a pretty like yeah. that makes like it's one thing you kill your mom okay you're crazy you kill your mom, then you like, and, and he like. There, I guess there was a quote from him in the uh, the interviews where he said, "I guess I lost my virginity to a corpse." It's like that—that's the crazy things. That's that's a real psycho right there. That's what they should have put in the episode. So it's it's kind of giving me hesitation about even following up on this thing because uh, I, I actually may have watched the second episode too. Was that the one where like he lived at the bed and breakfast? And he just randomly randomly killed his roommate and then killed the lady that ran the bed and breakfast. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen two episodes now. Uh I, I think, you know, the whole and not to defend him for that, because I'm sorry, that should have been your lead. Uh corpse raper. Mama corpse raper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh can't but, do that. But I mean, I think their whole thing is just the interviews they got on tape with him, right? With them talking about the stuff. But what I'm saying is I like this that quote was on tape. Like it, I saw that quote somewhere else when he was talking to the, the cops. Hmm. So they just didn't, they chose not to use that for some reason. I think it's crazy. That's the craziest thing he said. Uh, what does it say about us that we both want to hear the mama corpse rape? Quote? Listen, you that's don't that, watch a what? show called signs of a psychopath to not be alarmed. Like we, exactly. we want to be, we want to go like, what the fuck? And while, I mean, that, that kid was clearly messed up. I mean, we didn't realize you didn't realize how messed up. And I think that's a missed opportunity there, especially HBO. Like if this was on Discovery or whatever, I'd be like, OK, yeah, yeah it makes sense, which I think maybe that's the problem. I, I think was I think this series, this isn't like produced by HBO. No, I, I think it looks like something they picked up from somewhere else. OK, but this doesn't look like HBO. It does look more like Discovery or something like that. And that's probably what it was. So when Discovery made that, they were like, we're not going to put that on our episode because that's too messed up for TV. But they, they, they got these other psychopaths, though, raping 14-year-olds and talking about how... Yeah. I don't know. I don't get that. There, there was one, though, that uh, I think it was season three. Uh, it, was, uh, it was about a guy in Livingston where, you know, eventually I'd, I'd like to live up there. But he was kind of doing the same thing. He was stalking little girls and killing them at Lake Livingston. And I hadn't heard the story before. And so, it, this wasn't when you were there, right? No, 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 no. This was this was this was like in the nineties. Okay, good, because I would have looked at you like a suspect, honestly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what though? I mean, there are a lot of places to hide bodies up there. So when I get my place, you know, exactly. Uh, so anyway, all right. Uh, Speaking of Livingston, let me do this real quick. And then uh, one more question for AJ and I'll let him out of here. Uh, Lanham Industries. Uh, they're the Lake Livingston area leader in providing quality service for your vacation home. Uh, they Listen, if you already got a place, they got you covered. Cleaning, lawn care, laundry, maintenance, inventory management, property management services available. All of that. Uh, they're going to help you find the right home and location, decor and theme. 
price points, it's your one-stop shop for everything. Highly trained and dedicated crew, consistent five-star ratings from guests and owners, and uh, veteran-owned and operated. So you got like those, that. Yes, indeed. And, and we all want to support them. So if you got a place up there uh, and you need any of that, go see them. If you want to get a place up there, you know, fingers crossed, if I actually get paid this time, in, end of the year, I'm, I'm going to do it. But uh, give them a call, 936-581-6166-346-773-9577, or just go to LanhamIndustries.com. Uh, and yeah, I think the only thing that would change my mind is if I were actually to, to meet a woman and that that's not going to happen. I'd give it I mean, what if that woman wants to move to the woods with you? Then that would be cool. Okay. And then, or, you know, if they just want to disappear in the woods, I mean, don't, I mean, don't talk about that. <laughs> don't, and don't tell them about your TV watching habits either. They'll turn <laughs> oh, them right I gotta, off. I got to tell you, cause I watch this stuff sometimes and I'm thinking, Hey man, should, what, what, what can I do to pull this off? It, it's it, what <laughs> no not get caught you know I, mean, oh. I wouldn't actually do it but i don't want to get caught if i do right okay because some of these guys are just idiots but but I, I i'm not the guy who would be bragging about it i wouldn't come on to the uh the podcast and say okay here's how i killed this person uh and you know i i would just uh i would act all <laughs> normal and just make jokes about it rubs the lotion on its skin yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, any, anything else in the NFL before I let you go here that you want to jump on? Yeah, I, th- I think we should talk about Joe Burrow real quick. And I, I don't think that Joe Burrow like just played a bad football game. I think it's way more realistic that Joe Burrow is not healthy. And if he's not healthy then what's like, do we think suddenly a week later, he's going to be more healthy? I don't know. And he played, that was probably his worst game as a pro. Uh, he had, he passed for 82 yards. The team had 142 yards of offense. They had six first downs in the entire football game. And Joe Burrow hasn't exactly lit up the Ravens lately. So the, the Bengals played the Ravens three times last year. They won two out of those three games. The four worst QBR games that Joe Burrow played last year, three of them were against the Ravens. The Ravens do a really good job of limiting Joe Burrow. And now you're getting three and a half points with with a team that, I mean, against a team that maybe their quarterback is broken. That seems appealing. And the the Ravens have injuries too. But I asked Fezzik when we talked about this last night, he was like, well, there's all these injuries for the Ravens. They're adding up. And I said, well, what's more valuable to you? Like five random players, like a lineman, a safety, a corner, a linebacker, and a running back. All those guys, let's say they're all out. Or you know Joe Burrow is broken. What's more important, impactful? And I don't think it's even questionable that Joe Burrow is the most impactful of those guys. The last five years, the Ravens are 18-3-1 and one. ATS as an underdog. Getting three and a half points is a big deal here. Lamar 5-0 and ATS as a dog in the last two seasons. And getting Mark Andrews back at practice, like you could talk about all the guys that the Ravens don't have. I think the guy, one of the guys they missed the most and one of the reasons why the offense looked so sluggish last week, part of it was credit to the Texans. I thought they played a really good defensive game. But I think Mark Andrews is just a safety blanket for, for Lamar. Um, so I think getting him back is a big deal. I don't think the drop off from Dobbins to Gus Edwards or Justice Hill or whoever it's going to be is a, is a big deal. So I, I kind of like the Ravens catching some points here on the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one big time. And, I, and a couple of things after watching one of the, being, being one of the few people to have to actually watch the Texans play. Uh, for one thing on the Ravens, <laughs> Dobbins, you know, Dobbins really hasn't been there for much of any time at all. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to have him, but it's not really a loss. It's just not an addition that you thought you were going to have. Getting Andrews back is huge. I was, uh, I was worried about Stanley when he went off, but he, he appears to be fine. Uh, that's a guy, again, you, you didn't really have him last year, and you want him out there. But I, I, I like this Ravens team, man. I like the weapons they've got. Uh, I think Flowers is a, is a explosive addition if, you know, they can figure out how to use him. And, you know, for once, I think they've actually got a couple receivers. Which, yep. you know, for forever, the best guy besides Andrews has been Devin DuVernay or somebody like that. Uh, I think they've actually got some game-breaking receivers for Lamar to get the ball to. And I think as plays break down, you'll see him 
throw some deep balls to those guys. I, I like this Ravens team a lot, and I think you're right. I know the weather sucked, and you know the the, the Bengals struggle in Cleveland anyway. But you're right. Uh, I, I just don't think he looked right. He didn't look right planting to throw the ball, and you know, it just and really quite, kind of quit trying at one point. So. I think one more game to look at is the Falcons. Um, Green Bay played a high school defense last week, and I think the Falcons probably figured out that Desmond Ritter is trash, but they are so good at running the ball, I don't know that it's going to matter. That's going to make them a – like so a team that runs the ball really well and plays solid defense – that's a bad matchup for this Packers team. Remember, the Packers aren't a good run-stopping team. They they average they they allowed five yards a carry last year, twenty eighth in the league. They, they, I mean, the, the Falcons are going to run wild on these guys. And Jordan Love, everybody's raving about it. And I, listen, I was impressed too. But then I looked into like Jordan Love only got hurried twice in that game against the against the Panther against the the uh, the Bears. So bad. The Falcons were all over Bryce Young. If you take away some of that decision making time for Jordan Love, maybe things aren't as smooth for him. And the idea that that Atlanta is a home dog here is just fascinating to me. The, the Falcons had a higher win total than the Packers, so they're they're both one and zero now. And all of a sudden, the Packers are favored on the road. That doesn't even make any sense. So. I, I the 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 Falcons will make my card this week too. Yeah, you know what? That's another one I, I I'll probably tell you on simply because you know I watched that Packers game pretty closely because uh, I had a date Sunday with a Packers fan, and uh, you know she was all in love with Jordan Love, and I'm watching this guy going, eh, you know, he's got all day to throw. This is uh, you know, AJ could throw for 400 yards in this offense right now. It's just, uh, and I I think I do think that uh, while he looked good, you're right, the Bears defense just Offers no threat, you know, none whatsoever. So uh, I, I like that one quite a bit. All right, brother. I appreciate the time as always. And uh, uh, have a great week. And I hope you go 5-0 and this week. And if you don't, I hope I go 5-0. Let's five do it, man. Week, so. Did someone win the pot? <laughs> All right, brother. Yes. Yeah, Talk to you next week. In the first week. All right, man. Oh, it's bullshit. Uh, we'll, okay, all so. right. Well, we'll take, a, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. All right, you'll win this week. I have a feeling. Because I like all your picks, so that I'll tell you something. All right, brother. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, so for those of you on the Twitch, a couple of things. Uh, I will, uh, you know, I got to tell you about Lawyer Dave here, but after that, if you have fantasy questions, I saw people dropping them in, but there's, you know, it's really hard to work those in in the middle while we're going through, you know, gambling and football, right? Uh, But if you've got a couple – uh, questions about fantasy, throw them in there. I will uh, I will look them over. But, hey, I need to – probably not the best time to be pitching people on dogs, considering Kira's being uh, – is finally woken up here. Uh, but, listen, uh, I've got a friend, and she is uh, fostering a couple dogs, and she really needs to help them find a good home. And, um, actually, you know what? How about a third one? How about I just give you guys Kira? who's deciding to take part in the show. Uh, but no, she's got two two of them. Uh, great, great dogs. And they're very well behaved, unlike this one. And uh, uh, if you are interested, I can tell you all about them. But you just send me an email. But, but they both need a home. And it would be really cool if they went to a Blitzer or a Falconer or whatever the hell we're calling ourselves these days. Uh, but uh, Harley is one of them. And... Uh, She's a couch potato, basically. And I have pictures of them that I can send to you. And, and they're just both great, great dogs. And you can go meet her in person. And, and, you know, I know you guys always ask this. Is she hot? Yeah, she is. So the other dog's Rocco. And uh, he's also a couch potato. He likes bones and butt scratches. And he's super mellow. So if you have any interest at all, guys, please hit me up. And uh, I, will, uh, I will put you in touch with uh, Kim. She's a wonderful little attorney. And... Uh, uh, she will help you out. All right. I got to tell you about lawyer Dave, speaking of attorneys, cause he's not here. And, uh, you know, this dog has a timer. It's like, we get to the hour spot and she's, she's going nuts. Okay. That's enough. All right. 
you need to get down and you need to behave. All right, so, uh, Lawyer Dave, I actually taking care of a case for my brother, my youngest brother, got rear-ended by an 18-wheeler. And guess what? The last thing, uh, uh, the first thing he did was call, we called Lawyer Dave. And he's got himself, uh, uh, he's got himself a case. And he's a guy who's had brain, brain issues in the past with surgeries and stuff. And this, this ain't helping. So he called Lawyer Dave. Lawyer Dave got him taken care of, got him to a doctor and, uh, and is, uh, is handling it all. And that's what he does. And if it happens to you, he'll do it for you. He'll get you a doctor. You're not paying for it. If he takes your case, then he doesn't get paid until you win. It's that simple. And, uh, yeah, and that, that he gambles on himself. So you don't have to pay a dime. And if you need to go to a doctor, he'll take care of it. 713-626-8900. He is the best. He handles my stuff. He'll handle yours. And he'll do a great job. So if you need a lawyer, better dial Dave. Okay. A couple of things here. I, uh, I mentioned. Uh, oh, one more thing before, before uh, I, I let you guys go, if that's okay. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, a couple of times now, the golf tournament. And uh, that's coming up next Friday. Uh, the Dirty Birdie. And there are a few spots left. It's at Battleground in Deer Park. Uh, Friday, September 22nd, complimentary breakfast, lunch, Bloody Mary bar and drinks, food all day, prizes for the best and worst team, closest to the pen, longest drive, and hole-in-ones. Benefits the Elmina Shriners and Ronald McDonald House. Register at dirtybirdie.eventbrite.com to play your sponsor, but it is almost full, so jump in there and get one of those last spots now. And again, if you're interested in the dogs, uh, it's just uh, email me at thefalconcast at yahoo.com. And I'll, I'll put you in touch. Uh, all right. So to, to wrap it up here today, uh, I just want to thank everybody again. Rain Man, uh, Largu, King of All Twitchers, uh, Bear, Bear Brothers here. Uh, he's been back. Uh, day, I saw Day One Don on here earlier. Uh, I saw the Heartthrob on here. Uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, just uh, Largu, is this the Kevin Porter Jr. video? Man, that looks bad, doesn't it? Uh you know, that guy's always been weird. And, uh, you know, sometimes it comes back to bite you. Uh, and apparently that's what's happening here. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, the only other, the only other thing I had was the alien uh, story. And I'm just going to say, not to, you know, pat myself on the back, which I really can't right now because my neck hurts. It's old man stuff, man. It's been one thing after another. I went through the damn pancreatitis stuff. Get by that. And then the next thing I know, I, I've hurt my neck. So... I'm hoping that I'll at least I'll be able to putt at the golf tournament. Putt and drink, I think, is what I'll be doing. But it's just one old man thing after another. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, you're asking me, would I with the alien? Those grays aren't the most attractive aliens. They've been out there for years. But I'll be, uh, I probably would, just to see. Although you probably pick up some alien AIDS or something. And, oh, my God. You know, can you imagine that? Like everything turns green. Yeah, big freaky Mike says uh, McKee and him will carry the load. They're they're part of our team, and uh, well, it's their team. I'm just I just happen to be hang out with them and drink. That's all. And uh, and we have a, we have a lot of fun together. We played three or four scrambles together. So I'm looking forward to it. If you get out there, it'll be a good good time. But yeah, um, but I mean, is anybody surprised by any of this? I mean, first off, you don't have to believe it, right? Let, let's all be skeptical. Uh, you know. You don't have to buy that they actually found this thing, but and what is it like a a bunch of it's very old, right? But <laughs> uh, but I mean these things have been out there. They have. There's there's too much, and we had the gov the the guy testifying before government. Now I will say this, and uh, you know the. The government guy, basically, the things he testified to look like one of the Netflix series I watch, like almost word for word. So either he just told them all that and they made the series or he watched the series and said, hey, I'm going to get out here and tell people there are aliens. And, you know, what are we supposed to do? Are they going to scare us off? <coughs> it's our planet, damn it. We haven't done a good job with it. <coughs> And, um, 
you know, so maybe they should take it over. But those are some wee little aliens, too. I mean, I always thought aliens would be big and strong. But this guy is an Oompa Loompa. Anyway, go check out the story if you haven't seen it. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, again, if you're interested in the dogs, please email me, thefalconcast at yahoo.com. Or if you want to support the show, or if you know anybody wants to advertise, I just need a couple more, and uh, we'll be in good shape. So uh, I want to thank everybody. Have a great weekend. Win money. Have fun. Do cool kid things. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Uh, I've got uh, working on uh, Jermaine Every, and... Eva's looking at bringing a hot friend of hers so that they can double team me on the, on the uh, second half of the show. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyway, until then, uh, stay sportsy golf goes badasses. I love you.